You're listening to the Superpower Up Podcast with your superpower experts. This is the place where we explore real-life superpowers and give you the tools to unlock your own. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, your superpower expert, and I have with us today this a delightful person. His name is Mac Pritchard, and he's just a lot of fun. He's got this real solid kind of business Composed. I mean, he looks really good on paper. He's he's got the business pieces down. Um, all of it in, in his book is well. He's got lots of books, but anyway, the 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 book that's out is the Find Your Dream Job Anywhere. And um, actually, Mac, let me ask you about that. So you have land your dream job anywhere, right? Yes, I do, Tonya. Okay, perfect. Okay, and, and was I correct in saying you have lots of books out, or am I am I prophesizing what comes next? <laughs> Because it's been known to happen. One foot in the past and another in the future. So uh, we have two books, and the other one is called uh, Land Your Dream Job in Portland. And I'm speaking to you from Portland, Oregon. So that's where we started. Uh, And certainly I hope to uh, produce more books in the future. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I have to check in sometimes with like, okay, wait, which version of reality am I talking about here? Um, Anyway, that's that's the occupational hazard of superpowers. Uh, but but anyway, I'm, st- I'm not done bragging about you yet. So he's the founder and publisher of MaxList and that more than 80,000 people a month visit this site. And for those of you who have websites and track that kind of thing, that's really impressive, uh, those numbers. And so anyway, without further ado, please join me in welcoming Mac to the show. Welcome, Mac. Well, thank you, Tonya. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Uh, well, awesome. Well, we are so delighted to have you. And we're going to be talking today about the concept of social entrepreneurship. And, and that's part of the reason why I did the introduction the way that I did, because I think it's, you know, and I don't know about you, but I really see business shifting in the sense that, you know, it used to be that business was business is kind of black and white product or service and that's it. But, but with the advent of the internet and social media, where we have at our fingertips so much information about businesses and, and their actions and behaviors and this concept of transparency is a big deal. Um, and so there, there seems to be this growing trend of wanting to know, like, what's the heart and soul uh, of, of a business practice? And, and I'd imagine that comes up as people are looking for jobs. Like, how do you, you know, um, you know, there's all these polls out there that what constitutes a dream job. And I think for a lot of people, they want to know what the social entrepreneurship aspect is of a business. Would you say that's accurate? I, I would. And our uh, community max list uh, gives people information about jobs that matter, jobs that uh, mm. uh, offer purpose and meaning. And whatever your profession, whether it's, it's blue collar or white collar, we all want work that makes a difference. And, and it could be about creating social change, but it could be just about have, being part of a good community and uh, being part of what's happening in your hometown. Uh, there's a lot of different ways uh, you can get that purpose and meaning, but it's something everybody, I think, hungers for. Mm, I love that. And so for all of you entrepreneurs out there, because we are talking about social entrepreneurship, I think it's important as you're building companies, um, even, even, even the corporations and stuff who listen to those individuals, to be thinking about, you know, if, if, you, if, you're, if your quest is to, you know, kind of create this product service to bring out into the world, and, and you know at some point you're going to have employees and everything, I think it's important to look at it from that, um, look at Max information from that angle, you know, what are you building? And are you building something that people will want to work toward and to work with you in? Um, and, and those of you who are seeking jobs, you know, I think that's another, that's an important aspect as well is to ask yourself, 
what is it that, that I'm really seeking and, and hungering to be a part of. But Mac, without, um, without getting too deep into that just yet, let's go ahead and ask you, what are your superpowers? Well, three came to mind when I thought about this question. I'm a connector, I'm a communicator, and I'm an organizer. And I've been able to use all three of those superpowers in the two businesses I run today. One is, is MaxList, which we talked briefly about, which helps people find uh, work that matters. And the other is a public relations company, uh, Pritchard Communications, that uh, works with social change organizations, uh, foundations, nonprofits, public agencies. And both, uh, Tonya, are uh, what are called certified benefit corporations. They're part of this global uh, movement of business as a force for social good. Wow. What, how, how does that work? Like, I've never heard of that before, but it sounds like a, an amazing way to kind of tie in the efforts of multiple entities, very um, collaborative, which we appreciate here at Superpower Experts. How, how does that work? Well, it's a, a certified benefit corporation is a company, it can be small or large, that has gone through a process of evaluation that looks at its business practices. There's a, a third-party organization, it's called the, the B Corp Lab, it's based in Pennsylvania, and they give you a series of questions. It's kind of, it's not a formal audit, but it's, it's a review of how you do business. And what distinguishes uh, they're called B Corps uh, for short. Uh, what distinguishes a B Corp from a traditional uh, corporation is that we're, we just don't manage for the bottom line alone. Profit matters. You need profit to pay good salaries, good benefits, and, uh, and uh, help your work employees with retirement. But uh, you also uh, manage for community benefit. And uh, without getting into a lot of detail, there, you know, right now the way uh, U.S. corporate law works is, uh, unless you are a certified benefit corporation, you have a responsibility to manage for the bottom line alone. And you, if you don't do that, you, uh, you can run afoul of the law. So uh, companies have been put in positions where they've forced to choose decision, make decisions that produce more profit, but not might not be good for the community as a whole. And with a certified benefit corporation, you adopt a, a different governing structure and a different way of doing business. And you consider the community as well as the bottom line when you make dis, uh, business decisions. Oh, interesting. I know some of our listeners are going to be really fascinated with that. So thank you for that information. So let's talk a little bit about what, how you assist people with through MaxList and um, in other ways with kind of seeking, finding fulfillment in, in, in how they do work in the world? Well, I got into this work because I started a informal job list. I shared job postings with people. And over time, more than 15 years, it became a website that now attracts 80,000 people. But along the way, I met a lot of job seekers, Tonya. And uh, I learned a fact that many of your listeners may not know, which is that no matter, uh, most jobs don't end up on job boards. And it's not because there's a shortage of job boards. In fact, there are estimates out there that there's as many as 40,000 what are called niche job boards. These are very small focused boards like mine. Uh, but most jobs, uh, as many as eight out of 10, are just filled by word of mouth. And that means that if you're not part of those conversations, you're missing out on uh, as many as eight out of 10 of the opportunities that are out there. So uh, 
part of, we have a job board. We're very proud of it. It, it uh, offers listings in the Pacific Northwest. But we've built up a blog, a podcast, the books uh, you and I mentioned earlier, um, as well as events that teach people how to look for work. And if you're going to do that effectively, you've got to know what you want, what your goal is, uh, or at least the goals you want to explore. And so that's become a big part of our business at MaxList in the last few years is uh, helping people figure out what they want and then learn how to to nav- navigate that what's called the hidden job market, those jobs that are filled by word of mouth so that they can not only find those jobs, but then get them. Mm, awesome. And where can people find MaxList? Just go to the web, maxlist.org, and uh, you'll see the job board on the homepage and uh, they're in the blog and, and links for the podcast and other educational materials are there. And most of our content is free. We do have a few courses about specific job hunting skills, but uh, again, we, we found that by giving away um, our, our, our best information, we're not only serving the community, but we're growing our audience as well. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. And then, and then do you work with people individually, one-on-one in groups? How do, do you do additional work um, other than having people come to the website and the books and the podcast? We do events where uh, we do connect with the community in person, and we do those largely in Oregon, though we do online events as well. Uh, but I'm, we're not career coaches. Uh, we, we certainly know great career coaches and resume writers and uh, others who can help people with goal setting and, and just uh, the, tactical, the tactics of job hunting. And we refer people to those, to those experts who are partners of ours. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. What a phenomenal service that you're offering to the world. So how did you get into this? Like what, what, how did you get started on that kind of track? Well, I, my career has been in communications, uh, I, especially in politics and government. So I'm uh, turning 59 next month. And I uh, worked for elected officials. I was a speechwriter to a governor of Oregon. I'm, again, I'm speaking to you from Portland, Oregon. I worked at City Hall here in Portland for a mayoral candidate. Um, I worked on uh, four different presidential campaigns over the last 30 plus years, as well as other state and local races. Uh, so I, uh, but what the, uh, the constant that has run through my career before I started my public relations company 10 years ago and, and MaxList um, and started MaxList more than 15 years ago now is service. It's, uh, I, I've, Service was an important value that I learned from my parents and my family and the community where I grew up in the Midwest and and the and the importance of giving to others. And so um, I started MaxList as a way of, of being service of service to others. I would share job postings. I was also candidly a form of professional networking. Um, I wanted to stay in touch with contacts at the state capitol here in Oregon that I known and uh, I but I was leaving that the capital to take a job in Portland about 45 miles away and nobody complains about getting a job posting Tonya um, they uh, and so this list began as an informal thing for a few dozen friends and colleagues and and now we do have a weekly newsletter that uh, uh, that reaches uh, 25,000 people every Tuesday but it started out as a very informal list of a few dozen names. 
Oh, how fascinating. I, you know, it's interesting to me that you got that, you know, part of your, your start there was in politics and you, you can say the word politics and, and service in the same kind of capacity. And I think that the bias is, is that we've kind of lost that connection. Um, and, and maybe that's just because the federal scene has taken such a um, front and center kind of space in our minds. But I do think that a lot of folks get into, um, you know, county and city and, and, and local politics be, because of that service aspect. Um, are you still seeing that in, in those levels? Or are you, are, you, are you observing that? Or do you stay involved with it at all? I, I certainly stay involved in politics. And I, I do see that there are more opportunities for change at, at the local level, particularly in at cities and counties. Uh, you're going to You'll see your city councilors and your mayor and your county commissioners, particularly if you live in a small or medium-sized town at the supermarket. So politics is very personal. Uh, you know, your members of Congress who are way up there at forty thousand feet. Mm. Uh, I, I, I think that you know the purpose of government is to solve problems, and uh, and sometimes it works well, sometimes it doesn't. Like any institution whether it's a university or a corporation or, or a faith community. Uh, and, and so there are always lots of good opportunities to do good in government. And sometimes there aren't. And you, you want to, if you're interested in social change um, and uh, often particularly state and local government is a good place to do that. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Well, we're going to take a short break. You've been listening to Mac Pritchard. We're talking about social entrepreneurship and when we come back, we're going to tackle some of those key points and how you can find your dream job um, and, and look for that kind of fulfillment. So stay tuned and we will be right back. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer -peer learning, intensive one-on-one -on -one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Awesome. We're back. You've been listening to Superpower Up podcast. We're talking with Mac Pritchard today about social entrepreneurship and the connection between that and, and creating jobs and finding jobs. And, and, and Mac, your, your book about finding your dream job anywhere, and then, of course, you have a, a book specifically targeted at Portland. What are some of the key components or steps that people can take to assist them in that search? Well, I think the key step, the, the most vital one, is to be clear about what you want, the job that you want. What you don't want to tell people when they ask about your uh, the, the next job you'd like to have is to say, I'm keeping all my options open. <laughs> and I say that respectfully and with kindness. The problem is that people can't help you. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and so the conversation is going to come to an abrupt end or it's going to be changed. Um, and that's a lost opportunity for you. If you don't know the answer to that question, take a short list of the opportunities that most interest you that you want to explore and say, well, I'm considering working in communications in uh, uh, local government or perhaps higher education or uh, making a switch to uh, fundraising for a nonprofit. 
And when you're that specific about goals that you want to explore, then people are going to listen and say, oh, fundraising for a nonprofit, you should talk to my friend, Mary, mm-hmm. with the uh, Nonprofit Association for the State. She knows a lot about that. Uh, and then the conversation will continue. Just quickly, as, besides either knowing the goal that you uh, want or, or want to explore, you've got to, you've got to look at how you spend your time. Uh, most people, because they don't know any better, spend up to 100% of their time on job boards. And just think about the ratio that we talked about at the start of the show. If as many as eight out of 10 jobs are never posted on job boards, you're only seeing perhaps as few as 20% of the available jobs. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you're spending 100% of your time chasing 20% of the jobs that are available or that uh, that are out there, it's, it's not a good use of your time. So you've got to learn job hunting as a skill and it, and you can do that. And you've got, and often that means going out and networking, doing informational interviews, attending industry events, or volunteering. We can talk about those techniques. They're all in the book as well. Um, But the main point is this. Look at how you spend your time in uh, relation to where the jobs are. Well, and that's so powerful. It hits on so many different levels. I see it a lot with the entrepreneurs that we advise it's no different than networking and selecting a niche within a market space for your business. Right. And, I, and I love what you're talking about. I, I call it, you know, like people, people have to have a box to put you in. And we're so hesitant to get into a box. But the problem is, is it's exactly what you're talking about. People can't associate you with anything. And so, so we see it as people are branding and, and they want to say, oh, I have this huge market. And it's like, that, that's not helpful. You may be a life coach, but so are a million other people, that, uh, multi, multiple millions of other people. But it's not, that's, that doesn't tell me anything about, um, it doesn't trigger any sort of dialogue in my own mind about ways I can assist you. And ultimately, I think people really do want to be helpful, um, but you have to give them something to work with. And so, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, looking for your dream job or, or networking for your business, um, the other thing that I, I see occurring is, there's magic that exists between us. And so when you're willing to kind of go into the space and connect with people and kind of talk with them, and um, you may not be 100% clear, but if you are willing to take steps forward into clarity, then a lot of times just in the dialogue, you'll get more clear. So maybe the person they connect you to isn't the person that has the job, but that's the person that's going to give you further insight into how to, use, how to frame something or use the right, right wording and the next person, the person they send you to may be the person with the job. I've also it- seen in businesses with entrepreneurs, a lot of times they don't even know that they need an employee until they're sitting there talking to the person and they're like, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. That makes it because they don't know really um, how to fill the gap. They just know they've got an issue or they know they've got someplace they need to expand into and they may not even know the right person or what they're looking for. And so they won't post a job because they're not clear on what the job description would be and, and, and they, they're kind of inventing it as they're sitting there talking to you. And I've seen that happen often too. Yeah, it happens a lot. And, and what's at play when that does happen is this principle, which is people hire people they know or people who are recommended to them by people they trust. Mm-hmm. We, we've all been in that room where there's a stack of resumes and uh, there are three or four of us around the table and someone's, uh, you're going through the, uh, uh, the pile and, and someone recognizes a name. They say, oh, you know, there's John Smith. I, 
I, I know him from the association. We were on a committee together. That's not going to get John the job, but that positive association is probably going to get him an interview or at least mm-hmm. a screening call. So our challenge when we're looking, once we know where we want to go, is to insert ourselves into those conversations. And, uh, and how we do that is a skill. And like any skill can be mastered, uh, but it, it requires a lot more than sitting in front of a computer looking at job board announcements and firing off resumes. Mm. That's one strategy, and it has to be part of your search, but it's only one. Uh, You've also got to be part of those conversations. And there's no conspiracy here. Uh, The reason people hire people they know or or talk to people who are recommended by others they trust is hiring is expensive. Uh, And if you don't get it right, you're going to uh, spend three to six months with the wrong person until you realize you've made a mistake. It's not good for them. It's not good for you. And so people try to manage that risk by turning to people who they know or who are recommended by those they trust. So again, know how the system works and make the system work for you. Uh, Mm. Step away from the computer after you've, (laughs) and then get, find ways to make yourself part of those conversations. I love everything that you're saying. And it's so interesting hearing it from that perspective because, you know, my husband and I came out of government, you know, we started a corporate counterintelligence firm and Mm -hmm. that grew into a scalable due diligence and vetting solutions for small and mid-sized businesses. And that's a big part of the dialogue, but from the flip side of that coin, which is one, we do caution people in, in that very natural human trait of thinking that, you know, somebody simply because you've met them. So there is a trans transparency piece and making sure they are the right fit. And I, and I love that you said that doesn't mean that they're going to get the job. Oh, it doesn't no, mean no. that they're the perfect fit for it either. It simply means that, that we want to feel confident in our decision-making and it's easier to do that with somebody we have some association with versus somebody that's a complete stranger. And, and, and I really appreciate that you're talking about, you know, let the, you know, use the system to your advantage. It's, you know, I hear a lot of disgruntled people wanting to make the system wrong or wanting to make human nature wrong, you know, and, or that it's not fair and the deck, to, deck is stacked against them because they're not in those circles and everything else. But what you're saying is so powerful. Like, okay, it, rather than reeling against that, rather than continually banging your head up against the wall, why not take a step into it and say, okay, so how, how can I use this information? Right. Um, but I do think a lot of people use it as kind of a crutch, as, a, as, a, as an excuse, because um, it's scary. You know, it's scary it to put scary. yourself out there and connect and to say, hey, nice to meet you. I'm in transition right now. You know, you know perhaps you could either offer me some advice or, or you know, connect me with somebody. Um, but the more you do it, the more you practice it, the more natural it gets. Exactly. And it's, again, you're learning a new skill. And when you learn a new skill, you're going to, whether it's riding a bike or playing the violin or uh, getting good at soccer, in the beginning, you're going to make a lot of mistakes and you're going to look kind of silly. But <laughs> if, you, if you focus on mastering that skill and get coaching and practice and talk to others uh, and read books or whatever it takes to, to learn that subject, you will, with practice and focus, you will get good. Um, and again, to your point, just because somebody around that table knows your name and you get a screening call, if, you're, if you move on to the interview, that doesn't mean you're going to get the job. You've got to prepare for that meeting as you mm-hmm. would for any business meeting. And you've got to present yourself as an 
as a problem solver and, and understand what that employer's needs are. You don't, walking into any conversation about a job, you don't want to wing it. And so many people do. And, and, that's, uh, and they, they don't have success and they get frustrated as a result. And it doesn't have to be that way. Mm, beautiful. And, and one of the things we teach as superpower experts is, you know, manage, manage your ego. You know, watch the fears that come up. It's, it's easy um, you know, like you're saying so eloquently, like you're, you're, you're gonna feel awkward. Like it's gonna, you're gonna mess up. You're going to perhaps say the wrong thing or whatever. You're, it's not going to come naturally until you do it over and over again. And, and, but the reaction of the fear-based kind of scarcity ideas or that you have to land this specific job and it's the only one, or this person has to listen to you and has to do like, like that, that's, I think, where, where we start to create this um, kind of disconnect and we start to be disingenuous. Um, and and that, doesn't have, that doesn't go well. And so there are techniques you can use to, to manage that piece as well and, and to just kind of go easy on yourself and be like, okay, I'm going to do that and make a game out of it. You know, like I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to master this. I'm going to get good at this. Um, but all too often, you know, people take a step into that. They, they don't find success immediately and they give up. Um, right. or they react against it. And I, I can understand that because, you know, you're, we've all been in those situations where we feel a little foolish, but we just have to pick ourselves up and <laughs> dust ourselves off and, and start over again. Um, mm. And when we do that, we grow and we get better and, and our skills improve. And, and to your point, more opportunities will present themselves, more doors will open. Mm, I so appreciate your very calm, like understated kind of just, just sense of, of, of peace and confidence with it. I, I think that it, you know, obviously it comes from your years of experience in this, but also um, I, I can see where that puts people at ease in the process. And I think what you're doing is so crucial because when we're talking about jobs and we're talking about people's, um, you know, ways that they make money, I think it's easy to give in to some of the, the fears. And, and when you're, searching for a job and perhaps you don't know how you're going to pay your bills and, and you're mm -hmm. not real sure what's going to happen next. I think sometimes it's easy to, easy to let that fear and panic take over and, um, and you're not going to get the results that you want. And I know it's easy to say sitting back, um, looking at it from the outside, but, but it really is an art to find confidence, even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of what appears to be a dire situation. And I know that's not everyone's story with job searching, but, um, but it can be. And, and so, Mac, I really see how your energy alone and just that, that calm, steady kind of presence is, um, is really powerful. So for those of you out there looking for jobs or maybe thinking about transition and not really sure what's going to happen, um, it feels to me like the resources that Mac has to offer are, are laced with that level of confidence and, and stability in, in oneself and the ability to, to really move forward in confidence with what your strategy is. And, and I can tell you from, you know, advising so many businesses and stuff, that goes a long way when you're offering to be of service to a company. Well, thank you. And, and I should say, I, I know what it's like to look for work. I know what it's like to get rejection. And I know what it's like to be unemployed. I've gone through two long periods of unemployment. Um, one in my 20s and a, another in my 30s. And candidly, the, the second period happened after I'd gone to graduate school at Harvard. I got a master's in public administration at the School of Government and because politics and government was my career for so long. 
And I thought, oh, I'll never have any trouble getting a job again. Well, that was arrogance. Uh, <laughs> I, I learned humility, but it. I, I, but I also learned what it's like to to be out of work for. In that instance, it was eight months. So it's it's hard, mm. and it's hard to pick yourself up and start over. So I, I I've walked in the shoes of the people that uh, mm. that that uh, that we get to meet through MacList. That's so beautiful, and I think it's so telling of how we really get clear about, you know, kind of what we came here to do or where we can be of service. And your story is so remarkable in that and such a great reminder that it really is that simple, you know, traverse through your own stuff, you know, that concept, your message, your message, and, and you're able to stand in that confidence and hold that space for others now um, who are going through similar things. And so if that resonates with you or if you find yourself in a situation like what Max talking about, um, you know, it seems like he's a good guy to reach out to in that regard. Uh, you know, you don't, you don't have to do it alone. You're not the only one who's ever faced it. I think sometimes it's easy to think that it's incredibly personal and very embarrassing. And, um, you know, we're, we're on the other side of the house, like I said, advising entrepreneurs, but, but it's the same story over there. You know, when, when people kind of go out on their own and they think, okay, I'm going to be this entrepreneur and I can do this great thing. And, and the, the chances of, you know, failure the first few times out or, of, of you know, let's not call it failure, but at least, you know, learning maybe how not to do things or how you can improve, it happens, you know. And, and so, so find those people who kind of have those scars and, and are willing to talk about it and share their experiences um, because it does help build your own cellular confidence. Yeah, and there's and you will find, and you made this point earlier, that people do want to help others. And I can count on one hand the number of people over the years that I've asked for informational interviews uh, during a job search who said no. And I've talked to, and I've, I've been doing this for decades, but I've, I've talked to several hundred people over the course of my career. And, and so when people say no, it's not often because they want, don't want to help. It's because the request is so general, it's not clear what the person wants. So mm. asking uh, to get coffee or to pick somebody's brain, um, you might want to do that with a close friend or a family member. But if you're reaching out to business uh, colleagues or, or people you don't know, you need to be clear about what you want and, and have a focused request uh, and clear about, what your ask is when you go into that meeting, just as you would in any business meeting. None of us would approach a potential client or an important um, uh, supervisor at a large company without and go into a meeting without being clear about the outcome we wanted. And we need to apply the same principles in our job search. But when we do that, I, you you will be rewarded by people wanting to help you because uh, I think, again, most people have been in that situation, they know what it's like. And uh, even if they haven't, um, it's our, our default is to help others. Mm, I, I, and what you're really talking about underlying all of this is, is taking ownership, you know, of yourself. I think it's easy to point fingers and say, oh, well, this person didn't help me. And, you know, and, and, and that person was mean to me or whatever the case may be. But ultimately, it comes down to when you do own your con contribution to those situations, um, you do produce better outcomes. And, and so, you know, you can sit and kind of bemoan the fact that, that nobody's helping you or that there aren't any jobs out there, whatever. But what Max talking about is if, if you take some ownership, one, recognize the game. And I think that the Max information is really valuable in that. I didn't realize that few jobs actually made it to 
postings or job boards or anything else. Um, but what, but when you understand the game, so, so do a little research, you know, you know, talk, you know, from people who truly know what they're talking about and, and understand the game and then ask, you know, yourself how, how you want to play that game and, and arm yourself with the tools and the knowledge and the ability to play it well and, um, and, and turn it around from a sense of real empowerment. And not only that, but that's very attractive um, in our intimate and per- interpersonal relationships, but also in, in the business sector, it, that, that level of confidence and self-ownership is huge. You know, people want to hire people who are willing to kind of be present in the situation and take some responsibility for what they're bringing to the table. I know as, as a business owner, um, most of the time when we're seeking employees, it's like, it's like there's something that we, we have a problem that needs to be addressed or we have a hole that needs to be filled. And the idea of being able to turn that over to somebody who's going to take some ownership of it is hugely comforting. Yeah. And to your point, I'm reminded of a book. Uh, it was called Your Ship. It's Your Ship. And the author spoke at a conference I attended. He was a Navy officer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a book for leaders, people. Uh, and I, I didn't read it candidly, but uh, a key line that I do remember from his talk was this. It's, he said, learn your, learn the system and make the system work for you. Mm. So his point was, you know, you're, you're going to be in situations where you're dealt some bad cards and you can complain about it, or you can figure out how the system works and how to make the system produce the results you want. And job hunting is like that. And it's, it's the same with business too, especially uh, for social entrepreneurs. Oh, I love it. It's so valuable, so valuable. And it's been fascinating for me to be reminded of that aspect. You know, I haven't been part of the employee sector in a while. And it's, um, you know, as I, as I, as I watch businesses that, that, that we advise kind of grow and flourish and move into deciding about employment and everything else, I, I think that it's important for entrepreneurs to realize, too, that if you just post a job on a board, you know, maybe you're not going to find some of the talent that you're interested in, but groups like Max or, or people, you, you know, take advantage of the groups that are educating their listeners and educating their fans and, and, and their followers on ways to take ownership. Like it feels like a real win, win, win all around when we all step into that space. It's true for those creating jobs as well as those seeking jobs. Like it, it does become this really cool partnership when everyone's re- willing to take ownership of their portion of it. And, um, you know, Mac, I think, I think you've woven um, that together in a really beautiful way. Well, thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Mac. Do you have a piece of advice that you'd like to uh, leave our listeners with? Just this, and I, I think we've, we've touched on this a number of times now, but whether it's your career or it's your business, be clear about... Uh, what you want and what you offer. Uh, and mm-hmm. when you do that in a job interview, you're going to stand head and shoulders above other candidates. It's also going to make it easier for you to get those interviews because uh, you'll have a much uh, more narrow focus and a clearer understanding of what you offer an employer. And you'll also, if you do it right, you'll understand the employer's problems and how you can solve them. And in business, especially in social entrepreneurship, but, but in uh, business in general, knowing who you serve and uh, the, the solutions you offer to your customers' problems, is uh, it sounds so obvious, but speaking as the owner of two small businesses that you know, together employ eight people, 
Um, it took me a while to learn that lesson. And once I did, sales and service, it, it got so much easier and we got uh, so much better uh, as, mm. as companies. And uh, I think both the same principle applies to both situations. Well, I agree. And I think it's one thing to sit back and want to know what a company stands for and what they're contributing to the world. But, but the, the, that company wants to know the same of you. You know, and what do you stand for and what, what are you interested in? And so I, I think every time we can kind of turn the table around and go, okay, well, if I'm asking for this, I should be willing to offer this. And um, exactly. when everybody does that, it creates this really neat, you know, conversation between self-actualized individuals um, that can produce amazing results for the world. Um, so, I, you know, I, for one, am, am all in favor of it. <laughs> yeah. Whether you're an employee or a vendor, you get hired to solve problems. So the more you understand about the, the needs of the person you want to serve, uh, the, the easier your job is going to be or your biz, the more successful your business is going to be. Beautiful. Well, Mac, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. I, I love the um, simplicity of the message, but the absolute um, undeniable power in, in what you present to the world and the, just, just the comfort that, that you bring to people who are going through that process, I think is really crucial. So, so it's been delightful to, to share this time and space with you. Well, thank you. And thank you for inviting me on the show. It, it, it's been an honor. Oh, absolutely. And we've been talking with Mac Pritchard about social entrepreneurship to all of you out there. As always, we appreciate your loyalty. And until next time, go out, uncover your superpowers, and change the world. Take care, everyone. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and discover your superpowers today.